Live from Acme Labs, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Wow, Tim, this place is great. Well, if you say so, it's kind of dark and we're in an empty laboratory and um, there's no one around. I know, but I'm sure we can find some sort of explosives or something here. Uh, okay. I'm not sure we should be excited about that, but... Well, we don't always get to go to a place where we might be able to blow things up. Yeah. <laughs> I think it happens more often than you think. Well, just, that's probably true. just depends on how pyrotechnic that's, you're, you're that's feeling. True. It just seems like it'd be easy to find like a rocket or something around here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious why the podcast dropped this off here when it seems like everyone is gone for the day. I mean, there's no nobody here except for, for those lab mice in the yeah, cage over there. Yeah, they're... They seem content, or at least one seem, of them. Yeah, they seem like they're doing okay. At least one of them seems quite content. Yeah. I'm not sure what the other one is doing. No, they look kind of strange, but they are lab mice, so... Yeah, that's true. So, Tim, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, but I forgot all my cheese. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, Tim, how was life? Uh, life is doing pretty well. I'm ready to do uh, episode 139 of our premiere podcast on storytelling. For the creator and the consumer? Yes, for the creator and the oh, consumer. And I'm Nick Hayden. <laughs> and I'm Timothy Deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> very, very smooth there, Nick. <laughs> Seems like we should have that under um, control after 139 episodes. but uh, You never know. You never know. Those are repetitious. We are so, anyways, I won't go there yet. <laughs> anyways, Tim, I guess we will go... Get on in. <laughs> go get on in. Okay. Go get on in. We'll go ahead and get started with Story School. Well, today is another topic we've... It's not been on the list for as long, but it's been there as one we like, this would be fun, very traditional... Drill trains topic. Yes, for us, traditional in the sense that I'm not sure who else would talk about this, but. So uh, I guess in a nutshell, we're going to talk about selective repetition. And so, Tim, explain kind of your initial thought. I think this was originally your idea. I think I originally even titled it The Value of Selective Repetition. And I think I was inspired by this by cartoons, actually. Mm -hmm. Cartoons are, have a great habit of taking a familiar formula and just doing it over and over again. And it's still fun each time. More modern cartoons will do this in a very like kind of meta way, kind of winking at the audience some. I mean, even old Looney Tunes would do this to an extent. You, yeah. you have so many Bugs Bunny cartoons and they start spoofing Bugs Bunny Bug, cartoon. Yeah. Like there's an episode where Bugs Bunny is talking about his Hollywood career and, and he's doing routines with Elmer Fudd as if they were like a comedy duo yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So it's very kind of self-referential. Nowadays, a, a classic example of this is uh, Phineas and Ferb. Phineas Ferb is amazing at this. Yes, they have they have their routine, they have their catchphrases. Phineas and Ferb wants to make the most of every day, so they're gonna figure out, okay, what's the thing we're gonna do today? I know what we're gonna do today is what he would yeah. finally say. Ferb is the quiet guy, but he always has at least one funny line per yep. episode. Candace always is just trying to bust her brothers. I mean, trying, trying like, to get them caught. They're not doing anything wrong. Just probably not things that their some of their parents would be quite surprised well, to find well, out they've been doing. The dad doesn't care, actually. The dad's seen it several times. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, oh, like, very good. Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mom is would be the one who'd be quite surprised at some of the giant contraptions that have been built in her backyard. But the amazing thing about that show is that it repeats like things all the time. Yeah. And it does it for lots of episodes, but it never feels old. It becomes joyful in some ways the repetition that's i mean yeah it's the, one of the shows that uses it best i think that i've seen yeah they they lean into it and like okay here's our formula how many ways can we stretch and bend i mean the b plot of course is perry the platypus foiling dr doofenshmirtz dr heinz doofenshmirtz <laughs> which he always has some sort of absurd backstory and a ridiculous innator and some way to take over that the entire tri-state area. <laughs> or at least gets revenge on those who irritates me. <laughs> because it could be either one. So I guess the value, I mean, what works so well in that show, it seems like, is you have the familiarity of the, you know, kind of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But it's so surprising because it's so creative, I guess. Like, it really lets them be creative because they don't have to do anything 
Because they're playing the boxes, I guess, yeah, in some ways. They have sort of their guidelines, like, this is how our world works. And and then they get to explore that in lots of ways. So one of the things that happens all the time is that Phineas and Ferb make these crazy contraptions. And then somehow they disappear before Candace has a chance to show them to mm-hmm. her mom. So there's one episode where they they literally like, okay, how does this keep happening? Candace and they're all like, okay, we're going to sit here and just watch our big, like, they make some... Oh, amusement park attraction yeah. in their backyard, some sort of ride thing. And they like, okay, we're just going to watch this thing, make sure nothing happens. For, and they have a whole song about watching and waiting. Yep. And they're like, how could we do a song about waiting around for something to maybe happen? <laughs> and somehow they do it. And sometimes they'll do this thing, but they'll move to different locations. Like they'll be visiting their grandparents and things will happen. It'll be some sort of festival. and But it's still the same, but it's yeah. different. It's just... It's a very interesting, like, uh, almost Mad Lib yeah. style. There's an episode. adjective here. Yeah. There's an episode where Candace and Doofenshmirtz's daughter, Vanessa, somehow their clothes get switched to the dry cleanings. <laughs> and which, and along with that, I think also, like, the blueprints for for Phineas and Ferb's creation and Doofenshmirtz's thing get get swapped. And they're, like, using each other's lines and trying to, like, they're, def- they're playing with their own cliches the roles the roles yes all all over the place and they just have a lot of fun and that's one of the neat things about i think having this pattern to Mm -hmm. to just play with the riff on i mean this is what people do in jazz all the time yeah you have this chorus you have this musical idea and then you kind of stretch it and play with it as many different ways as possible and i guess you know, often we talk about repetition, we usually talk about it in a bad way. We usually talk about, like, why why do we keep repeating ourselves? Clichés. Clichés, stereotypes. Reruns. Or, you know, trite plots. Uh-huh. But it's interesting, if you bring the right amount of creativity to it, it actually makes things better. You know, we, we've had discussions, and this is tangentially related, about, you know, comic books and how you keep making it new. Well, at its best, you do the Phineas Ferb thing, where you play with the thing that people love, mm-hmm. but you keep exploring new aspects of it. And that takes, it takes a certain amount of thing outside the box to stay within the box well. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Like, how do you do new things and yet also make it feel like, yes, this feels like part of the show. Even Phineas and Ferb, by the end of the fourth season, they're definitely so far out of the box. Sometimes it feels like they're doing pilots for whatever they're going to do mm-hmm. next. I don't know if you w- wound up watching the show that far. I have not, no, unfortunately. Yeah, but there's there's a couple episodes where, you know, Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Perry really take over the proceedings, and Phineas and Ferb are really just kind of a backdrop, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of built-in conflict between Doofenshmirtz and Perry. They have an f- interesting relationship. And there's really not real conflict with the Phineas and Ferb story, but that's a, another interesting yeah, rest. I mean, it's, it's an interesting way they have that show set up. But yeah, yeah the later they get into fourth season, you can kind of see at some point they start like maybe running out of steam or low on ideas. And I think this does happen sometimes when creators have been working on a certain project for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I remember toward the end of uh, the Speedmail era, Yeah, I think even Strong Bad spoofs how to do a Speedmail. Yep. It talks about like having just the waggle head and, and snarky commentary yep. and all this kind of stuff. When the creators start spoofing their own material to a certain extent, uh, the the expiration date may, might be coming. Yeah, because, again, if you're going to do good repetition, at some point, you need a fresh take, you need a break, you need... Yeah. Maybe the repetitions run out and you might as well just cut it short. And again, that's a whole different issue about when you should cut things short. But there are plenty of things that I'm sure we can talk about where the repetitions start off good and then it... Uh, yeah, and I say that about Phineas and Ferb, but like... I hear they just announced a few weeks ago that they're going to do a new season of it. Oh, really? Yes. I did not. So it's been a, I mean, it's been a couple of years. So the creators have been doing idea. other things, and, and you know, it's been super popular. From I, I follow Dan Povenmire, one of yeah. the creators on YouTube, and he posts videos from his TikTok because I'm not going to touch the yeah. TikTok with Simple Poll, but I will happily see what he's doing. And I know that like there's been a, a number of different like musical some viral videos using oh. Phineas and Ferb stuff. So yeah. like, it's definitely still clearly in the public yes. consciousness for a certain age group. They're like, let's bring it back. And he seems fresh enough that he's happy to do so. It um, was interesting to me. They're, they're, the show that after Phineas and Ferb was... Um, Milo Murphy's Milo Law. Murphy, which was interesting because it basically completely broke, like they didn't keep repetition. Like it yeah. just, it had a shtick, but it went all over the place, which was 
kind of fun because uh-huh. I'm sure they want to do something different after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as much as it is fun to kind of paint within riff on your own material, there is something also another thing I want to talk about as a benefit of this selective repetition. Just the familiar, you know, mm-hmm. kids like routine, especially young kids. Yes. From what I understand. I no, 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 that's that. completely, no, when, it just reminds me just both when I was growing up and with my own kids, they hit a age, age when they just want to watch the same movie, same TV show over <laughs> and over and over again uh-huh. because they like it, they want to see it. I think adults as they get older always want the new thing because we get easily bored, jaded or whatever, you yeah. know, we don't have the same sense of, oh, this is great as is Uh but that's not completely true because most people have some sort of piece of music or book or movie that they'll plug in at any time yeah their their comfort food their comfort movie oh what what are we gonna watch today i guess we'll watch the office again it's a habit for some people you mean castle cock leo's show that's that's mafio's uh (laughs) one's like let's just watch it again and unfortunately not unfortunately but if it's ever on i have to sit down and watch it like it's impossible (laughs) not to watch that movie (laughs) i can see that's the one that that hooks you yeah yeah i mean like even like with my niece she has this very elaborate bedtime routine that mm-hmm. she has to go through every night. I'm like, well, okay, when I have kids, I'm going to have to be very careful about what I'm going to wind up reading and doing forever. And, and different kids have more <laughs> or less of that elaborate bedtime, but most of them have some sort of routine. And or and this this happens even for, to say, teenagers when teaching in middle school, is that not the bedtime routine necessarily. But, um, <laughs> well, maybe. I, I mean, we still have some. But the idea that we often think that what's good is to break structures, do things completely new. But most people want structure. Most people mm. want the regularity. Yeah. Like if we have a day at school where structure is broken for some reason to our delay or there's a you know some gathering of everyone for some special event in the middle, it the whole day the kids are crazy just because that regularity is something comforting and regular and good and it's there's a certainty about it because we don't like uncertainty. <laughs> sure. And I think in both life and in fiction, there's a certain amount of pleasure and goodness to be had in that sort of the familiar beats, the familiar whatever it might be. Yeah. I think another area you could see this potentially is in poetry. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously poetry will keep the same rhythm. So there's a bit of repetition, a bit of, there's a beat that kind of goes along with it. But then also sometimes poems will just simply repeat the same lines, Mm -hmm. like the highwaymen, you know, that thrives on repetition and like this kind of, there's a fancy poetic form called, I believe this is a pantoum or sestina. I got mixed up. They probably both have like very elaborate repetition of lines thing. That like, okay. I think it's sestina. It has six lines, and then like each of the lines get repeated in a different stands in different orders, and you have to really plan it. Otherwise, the thing makes no sense. Okay, it's very complicated, but it's all built around this repetition of lines and ideas and words and rhymes and interesting. Yeah, and obviously in music you've got your verse, chorus, verse, mm-hmm. chorus, and a lot of times it's the chorus that are people's favorite parts because it's the the where it gets punchy and where it's uh you know it's what you're familiar with. Well, it's very interesting when you teach poetry when you ask like early middle school what's poetry like. Well, it needs rhyme, and you're so used to that rhythm, that rhyme, that that defines that like i i know that and then you start to introduce him to free verse they're like there's no rhyme here uh-huh. and you know free verse has its own benefits and its own structure but it's new to me they're used to that that repetition of sounds and stuff it's just mm-hmm. nice it feels, green eggs and ham yeah it's just this true. repetition of i do not like them sam i am so yeah those are at least those are some of the initial things that when i was thinking about this repetition things like okay where is it useful I think you can look at some of these same ideas and uh, see, okay, well, where where do you choose what's selective mm. in your repetition? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, at some point, we said at some point it can start to wear kind of thin. And you can have other types of shows besides just cartoons that have this comfortable ground. You know, sitcoms yeah. have this comfortable ground, but then other shows. But when you get to a place where you can like kind of change it, rewrite what the show is, and then kind of go in a new direction, kind of have your new status quo. Yeah. That's something very interesting too. It is. I'm thinking of Alias. Okay, yes. Which I remember having kind of like the show first season and then the first half of the second season, the show is kind of about this one thing. And then it gets flipped on its head midway through the second season and suddenly the show is about something else. I mean, the same people, a lot of the same principles in play, but like who the main character is a spy for or where she's being planted and her circumstances 
completely change. Well, one, I mean, I feel like that uh, from my memory, person of interest is kind of like that. Yeah, like, you, you have, that's true. You have a very set up thing, and then they'll add a little wrinkle. It's suddenly like the show's kind of the same, but it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. And then they'll they'll do that about every season, and it just keeps moving. But it never. What's interesting is, and I just thought of this. What you need to make sure is part of the repetition is the kind of the the core DNA of what makes the show good. Sure. Like in like in comedy things or cartoons, sometimes the type of shenanigans or the type of interactions. Mm-hmm. In a more dramatic thing, it might just be that theme that keeps coming back or that some of the tensions between certain characters. Mm-hmm. And I think what's bad is that if you repeat things that are more on the upper layer of stuff, more of the like the exact you know. If it's not, it's say it's a conflict between two people. You always like that conflict. That's what makes it fun. But if they start saying the same types of things over and over again, like get over it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's got to be like central repetition, not like external repetition. I don't know. Or I'm, not, not, uh, or not a very specific. Like yeah, like you said, they're, just, they're saying the exact same things. Unless I mean, it's for, con- I mean, because it's for well, I mean, catchphrases are a catchphrases, different matter. Yeah, catchphrases are fun, and then also you can do various spins on catchphrases. You know, oh, there you are, Perry. Yeah, is one people say, and then see, okay, who's gonna say, oh, where's Perry? Where's Perry? But yeah. it moves around and it moves and, around, and yeah. they know. And again, I think comedy selective repetition is different than dramatic selective repetition. Yeah, the expectations are just different. I mm-hmm. mean, your expectations for a sitcom, like say Home Improvement, yeah, are gonna be very different from your expectations for something that has more dramatic beats in it, like Alias. Or, or I remember. Um, X-Files had a certain amount of things that would always, you know, there'd be some weird thing in a, some little town, and then Scully would always have a scientific explanation, Mulder would have some other one, and then they, at the end, usually, somehow the government got all the, you couldn't prove anything for certain. So there were these beats, and at its best, it works great like that. Sometimes, it would be like, it's that again. Mm. And it just depended on how well you could... Pull it off. You could, you could yeah, you could make it feel fresh or new or, or natural. Okay. I think with drama, I think natural counts a lot. Like, does it mm. feel like this is naturally playing out again, or is it shoehorned in? Yeah. Well, comedy doesn't matter. Sho- shoehorning in is kind of the funny part. Uh, when your expectations are just like, oh, there's that again. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and another show that strikes me that has some of this like similarity, semi episodic, but also kind of has an ongoing story thing Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor Who has the doctor and his companion, they're going to wind up in a strange location, either some historic time period on Earth. Usually about a second, third episode of the season is the historic period on Earth. Yeah, (laughs) usually. And then every season you have at least a couple that are like on an alien planet, often in like a contained space, like a spaceship or a station or a moon base or something. There's always a moon base or some sort of base that's like just a warehouse, but not. Yeah, so <laughs> for the contain for cost purposes, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're not actually like on some weird alien planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I don't know, I, I haven't watched the new stuff yet. I I wonder if the if they're looking at the stuff that Star Wars is doing and think, hmm. Yeah, nowadays you have so many more, so much more, more potential. Yeah, so maybe. But Doctor Who will have an ongoing story about Bad Wolf or something like that. Yeah. But it's a lot of these like little episodic little beats. But yeah, we have different expectations now, I think, for... I think it used to be expectation was, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be thing. the same thing. It's going to yeah. be episodic every time. And I guess in, in part, one reason why that worked, well, a couple things. One, I feel like you had shorter seasons, although I could be wrong about that. How uh, long are you talking about? I mean, because it well, was I'm, always I'm, like... Well, I guess I'm thinking of like 60s, 70s. Oh, I don't know about those. I know like in, by the 80s, you're having 22 episode, 24 episode seasons. Well, true. But I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess, again, it depends on the type of show. So some of those like law procedurals stuff, I mean, Law and Order is on like 20 some years. And, and it, so is NCIS. Well, I mean, the procedurals are interesting because sometimes, you know, artsy people are like, you know, those ones that just play the same beats all the time. They don't, but those are the ones that people love watching because it's, Partly it's a mystery, but partly because there is a familiarity. You can you don't have to if you watch a show like Lost, you gotta be paying attention full scale all the time. Yeah, that's true. But if you're watching something that has some of the familiar beats, you can enjoy it without having to engage super deeply. That's true. So there is so, so there's kind of a pleasure in that too, if you're kind of just using it. 
Yeah, that's true. You're just following. You're just enjoying the mystery of the week or the or the characters. You just like how the characters interact with each other. Yeah, and, and honestly, some of those those long running shows will have actor turnover too because <laughs> actors I can't keep playing this doing the same thing all, forever yeah. and they'll go off and do something else. Though so you have new characters, so that makes the show a little bit fresher. So, so yeah, there's uh there's a lot of different forms this takes. I feel like. So let's. You wouldn't always do this, but what do you think as a creator? How do you like proactively think about this? I mean, is it something that just happens naturally? I mean, obviously, Phineas Verb is a very distinct thing. I mean, episodic TV is different because you're you're setting it. You're basically this is your pitch. Like this is what the episode looks like. Yeah, I expect a lot of the shows that are made for kids will have their like. Okay, we're we're aiming for this to be a catchphrase. I mean, sometimes I think they're deliberate about that stuff. Sometimes yeah. it just happens. Yeah, I mean. Homestar Runner is a website that's made up of lots of cartoons of just random like things that will throw out crazy ideas and we'll see what sticks. Trogdor the Burninator? Oh, wow, he's still around. Yeah, it, 20 years or something, isn't it? Something this, like I that. think it was just celebrated the last month or something, 20 years of Trogdor. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, and that, yeah, that show just kind of, it would sense what people are liking and just, yeah, would just roll it back in in weird ways. It was uh, just self, very self aware of its, of itself. Uh, yeah. But, you know, because like even books, you have like, a lot of the series people read, especially, mm. are like, you know, back in my day, Hardy Boys or Boxcar Chill. Mm. You know, there's certain beats. I, I've never read all the Tarzans because there's like 20 of them. Yeah. But my guess is those are probably, after a while, a little yeah. repetitious. I mean, I guess that's the that's the thing. The things that get repeated, like we said, are probably the things that we figure out work. The, the creators have figured out, oh, the audience responds to this. This works. Let's reuse it or explore it more but i think one a great key for that is to do it selectively as yeah. we've been talking like for example in peanuts yes charles schultz recognized that his the thing with uh, lucy pulling the football away and charlie brown yeah. falling was a hallmark of the strip but he only did that once per year it was in kind of an annual tradition really sometime during the fall it would is w- whenever it became kind of identified the strip but it only happened once a year because I mean, it's a very simple gag. You don't need it more than that. So I guess the real, and this is where it takes a lot of wisdom and thought, is to figure out how often I'm going to repeat, you know, not not to overplay your repetition, even mm-hmm. though it might be vital to your show, Yeah, you know, or finding enough new ways to play it differently. I was thinking on, when I was thinking about this topic, it's a small example, but in my series, Sister uh, and Fred, mm-hmm. there are so many times there's some sort of... um council meeting with the elders oh, of the of sure. this town. I constantly every time it happen, like I don't want this to be like the same thing every time. So I always try to like new character or interruption or change it up or someone throws a fit or you know, it's always these old men talking about some sort of ridiculous thing they have to decide, but hopefully always making it a little different. A little different. Time. Because sure. otherwise I'm like, it feels like I'm just trying the same scene all the time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I can see that as a it wasn't as purposeful. A val- as, a, as a valid choice, yeah. It wasn't purposeful, but it's like, I guess also being aware of the things that are repeating and mm. figuring out, first off, maybe they shouldn't be. Maybe it's just bad writing. But also, okay, it's repeating. How do you make the repetition, you know, it's like a loop. You want to make it a little different. You want to make it fresh somehow, even mm. though it's, and I guess, how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it? Yeah. I do think that self-awareness is is helpful. Not in the sense that you have to constantly be winking at your audience. No, no, no. But- if you're aware of the repetition and doing it purposely and not just, well, we got to keep, I think I've used the romantic tension example oh, before, yeah. you know, sometimes you keep romantic tension going too long. People get tired of it. It's like, ah, this again, will they ever progress their, their mm-hmm. lives or anything? You got to be constantly kind of aware of putting yourself in the audience's perspective of, Am I overdoing this aspect of it, or am I still? Is it still bringing something new? Oh, that's a really interesting because bad repetition where it's not progressing. So really, the problem is this: if you set up a repetition where the audience wants resolution, mm. that's not going to work. I mean, that's true. if I watch Pinky in the Brain and I expect them to actually take over the world someday, uh-huh. I would be really annoyed watching Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> but obviously, that's the whole that's your whole stick. Yeah. But in a romantic tension situation. Everyone knows at some point they've got to get together. Mm. So you can't repeat that too long because then it's just frustrating. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, another example of this I just thought of was uh, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess where on earth is Carmen Sandiego was the cartoon. Well, the longest, still probably the longest running 
narrative story of Carmen San Diego. The Netflix had a Carmen San Diego show recently, which was I thought enjoyable, but I'm thinking of the older one where the main characters are the the anyone who's ever played the game. That kind of frustration is like, oh, I'm going to get her yeah. someday, and, which is, it's almost like the good guys are in the position of Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah. Like, you don't ever actually ever want to see Wiley e. Coyote catch the Roadrunner, yeah. but at the same time, you want to always like trying to catch Carmen San Diego is is like your uh, your holy grail. You're constantly chasing after, and always, I'll get her one of these days. Shaking your fist at in the sky and. I don't know. It's just yeah, that's interesting. It, it's it's an interesting thing to kind of flip the formula on its head in some ways. So so yeah, I guess to reiterate from my own self, it's just interesting then that the what you need to repeat is something that brings the audience joy and not something that brings the audience frustration. Yes, yeah. Because if you do too much of the frustration, I mean, you and I have talked sometimes that the office, the awkward humor is too much. Mm-hmm. But the awkward humor for some people is the point of watching, and that that repetition of Michael Scott being a goon is what keeps people watching or turns you off from it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I would season one is way too painful. You got, it's horrible. But <laughs> after that, they, they toned it in a certain way where suddenly it was not quite as awkward for, for my sake. But yeah, I think just that figuring out what, you know, if you constantly are frustrating the audience at some point, mm-hmm. it's not working. Yeah. Like if I, if I really want to Candace to bust things and Ferb, <laughs> You know, after season two, you just throw it down like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they played with those expectations a lot. Yeah. Like, I think there was an episode where she had a dream about yeah. ha- about having yeah. busted them. <laughs> um, I'm sure there are other examples where they played with that expectation. I mean, they did a, um, for the very end of the last season, they do this episode of all the kids as teenagers. Yeah. And that is less about that outstanding thing, but more like, is Isabella ever is yeah. Phineas ever going to figure out that Isabella likes him? Yeah, um, and apparently he never does until they're like <laughs> teens. But at least you finally get that resolution. resolution. Yep, yep. <laughs> I got to mention another. I think another inspiration for this topic was actually Miraculous Ladybug. Okay, which is a very silly cartoon from France. It's a CG cartoon. It's a pair of superhero teens, kind of pre well, kind of preteens ish. I think they're like fourteen. So I guess not preteen, but young. Yeah. So the one Marinette is Ladybug, yeah. the superhero, who she has a big crush on a boy from her class, Adrian. But Adrian is secretly the superhero Cat Noir. Cat Noir has a crush on Ladybug, <laughs> but Ladybug is really annoyed by Cat Noir. So they each have an interest in each other and an alternate version of each That's other, hilarious. but neither one of them knows it. I understand. Apparently, this has taken a lot of inspiration, some similarities to Sailor Moon. Okay. Does similar things, but they go in different directions. Well, it is certainly a show where, like, for a while, the playing with the romantic tension yeah. of each other's feelings. They're doing it through the whole show. But different seasons, they'll add on different aspects of the mythology of the superheroes. Mm-hmm. Like in the second season, I think, is when they start giving more people these... They get their powers from these little magical items with little cute creatures in them. I mean, there's this is very elaborate lore for this whole thing, and each season builds upon it until I think it's the end of four, I think, where Ladybug made a big mistake and lost a lot of the trinkets that gives powers to people that mm-hmm. the main bad guy got them. But it made her realize some mistakes, the way she'd been treating her partner, Cat Noir, and things like that. So it's a soap opera-y thing. Yeah. It's, it's like the alias thing where they kind of like re- frame it each time yeah and the well, reframing helps you get keep up or yeah not be frustrating not be frustrated because yeah the, there certainly were seasons my sisters uh, were the ones who introduced me to the show yeah. i think some of them kind of they dropped out because there wasn't much progress in their romance department and now my young danielle and i yeah. who was on here last time we were like they're finally going somewhere this is like there's really interesting things going on this is probably the most girly show they've ever gotten me on. <laughs> but like, I've become invested in them. Nice. This silly kids show. Because anyway, Serenity would love it. <laughs> she would. I think she's seen a little bit of it. Yeah. But not, not I think they just recently put, the seasons were on Netflix. They were just, I think they recently put the first four on Disney+. Plus. Okay. So anyway. Interesting. So I think we've covered a lot of ground. So I think, yep. again, the being self-aware, the knowing when to add new elements, knowing where your audience is at. And being okay with repetition. Like, yeah. People like it. I mean, done well, people like it. Yeah. I think you can certainly write a story without repetition and be a great story, but there's a lot of benefit to this sort of, like music. It's 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 the round. It's the um, 
theme and variation. Yes. It becomes um, a part of the identity of your story. Yes. Whether that's a comic strip like Peanuts or a cartoon or a spy show or what have you. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the show where they say this, where they do yeah. that, where they... Yeah, it's it becomes very familiar that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we like having fresh things, but we also like the familiar. Yes. Well, that sounds good. I guess with that, we will move on to soundtrack. So, Tim, uh, you have the first soundtrack this time. I do. And we're going back to, well, it's a familiar source, a Mario game. Ah, most people know about that. Most people know Mario. He's usually trying to rescue somebody. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of different ways you go with uh, picking a song from a video game for this because video game music, you hear it a lot, at least in the old stuff. You would hear it throughout the game and and hear it on a loop. Sometimes it would be different areas where they would be playing different songs. Uh, particularly like a platform or, or puzzle game. But usually, if it's written well, you love it anyway. Yes. So I was really close to picking Tetris for that very reason. Because no one gets sick of Tetris. That's right. But then I realized, oh, yeah, that's right. It's from a folk song, and that's kind of not proving my point. So then I discovered that somehow we have never featured a song from Super Mario Brothers 3 on our podcast. So we've done a variety of other Mario games. Yes, we have. So I figured we should uh, rectify that. And so I picked a remix called Battle Rocks. This is a really fun, funky song. It's remixed by Am I Evil, a remixer from the old days of Overclocked Remix. I hope you enjoy. Well, that was Mario. That was. <laughs> Very groovy stuff. Yes, it was good stuff. All right, next we'll go to Once Upon a Scene. So, Tim, I thought we would uh, replay last month's clip just to remind everyone what it was, so if you can do that. Sure thing. Well, that's not like I'm enjoying it either, you know. Before you came into my life, I was capable of making all kinds of decisions. Now I can't. I'm addicted. I have to know what you think. What do you think? George... I think you're the most selfish human being on the planet. 
Well, that's just silly. Have you met everyone on the planet? Goodbye, George. I don't have a shirt. Uh, so this one apparently was pretty obvious to anyone who was not a guy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or at least we got several several of our female listeners responded. Yes. So you had from or we had an email from Katie, Katie, Katie Hobbs, and then friend. right as I was posting the uh, podcast, I played the clip for my wife, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's two weeks' notice." And it is indeed two and, weeks' notice. And then um, my mom also was like, "Hey, we, I watched it. Well, do you know what it was? Yeah, it was two weeks' notice, of course. You know, like." <laughs> So I, it was two weeks notice, everyone. I haven't heard from my mom yet, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if she knew. I mean, she might yeah. have listened to it. She's in Florida as we record this, but she's quoted that scene herself before. So I have a feeling she'd recognize it. I just had to ask because <laughs> my mom said she was going to email us in, but then she forgot or something. But I'm like, I'll, I'll grandfather you in. <laughs> so good job, ladies. Yes. But this month we have a new scene. Indeed. And I think it will be enjoyable. And so here it is. Boats disappearing in Bermuda Triangle. Suspect mad. Proceed to area at once and investigate. This message will self-destruct. So if you know where that is from. Name the source. The source, yes. What story is that from? Send us an email at derailedtrains at gmail.com. You can always leave a comment at derailedtrains.com. Or der- no, derailedtrainsofthought.com. We got to get our own websites yeah, I know. straight. Or send us a DM on Facebook. That's how Katie likes to contact us. Yep. So see who can get first. I'm not sure, actually. Well, well. Mine's un- my- Natasha's unfair, so but, I think Katie counts. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Because, I mean, I, no one didn't even listen to it yet when Natasha got it. Right, so. and Natasha doesn't even listen to our podcast anyway. No, <laughs> that's, why I that's why I had to play it for her. I knew she wasn't going to listen to it. I'm like, <laughs> I want to know if you know this. <laughs> So we can say whatever we want about Natasha and then and we do. And your mom will report it to her. <laughs> <laughs> and we say anything we want in the middle of the soundtrack about Zach and he wouldn't know either. So well, anyways, maybe. <laughs> anyways, next we're going to go to. It came from the interwebs. It came from the interwebs where we try to feature unique things from the interwebs. Although I have to admit, Nick, I haven't found as many wild and wacky things um, these days as I used to. And I don't find as many either because I don't give much, spend much time poking around the internet as I used to. That's kind of one of the problems with social media. But thankfully, there does seem to be at least one person who does. So I wanted to show you this YouTube channel called Daily Dose of Internet. Oh, interesting. And this guy uh, tends to pull, he pulls from mostly videos from YouTube and TikTok, I think. Okay. But they're usually interesting things. So it's kind of like a curated list of here's some fun stuff. And it really makes me feel like going back to the old Wild West days of the internet. So anyway, I thought you'd enjoy this. This one is from a few weeks ago. It's titled Dropping a Camera to the Bottom of Antarctica, which okay. he'll always label like that. It's the first thing in, in the videos he shows. Oh, but there's a variety. But there's like a, a compilation. Variety. But anyway, yeah, let's, okay. give, let's give this a try. Hello everyone, this is your Daily Dose of Internet. A scientist dropped a camera to see what was at the bottom of the ice in Antarctica. It's going down and down like as hyperspace. Yeah, this is fascinating because I guess he just drilled a bit a circular hole through the ice. Wow, and, it's moving. And it's just it's stunning to think of just about how much ice is actually in Antarctica. And yeah, this thing is like wow. watching some weird weird drug trip or hyperspace travel. Yeah, they could use that sound for a science fiction show. Till it just kind of, there's a pile of snow on the bottom apparently. (laughs) And then it gets to a very calm picture of some people walking along a floating platform on ocean (laughs) waves until the waves knock them down. Very nice. This cat hates taking medicine so much that she started putting her tongue at the roof of her mouth to black it. Well, okay. Because she didn't like, she didn't like getting medicine. That's a very uh, kitty thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. In case you didn't know, eyes are not solid in place. If you look closely, you can see how they move around like a bowl of jelly. Okay, yeah, this is. Yeah. The, I always like skip or not look at this. Wow, I, it's eye kind of stuff freaks me eye out, stuff. Especially That's... like a giant zoom in on, a, on an eye. That was weird. Dad, it's time to go. We gotta go eat dinner. Oh, you're walking the dog. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, sometimes I have to pause these things. And <laughs> They're very process, quick. Process what I just saw. Uh, was that like a like an urn? Yeah, it was like a urn of human remains with a leash and a urn of pet remains. Apparently, that's 
disturbing. That's very dark humor. That's very dark humor. Yes. These YouTubers are twins, and they like to make people question their reality. <laughs> right. Hey, would you grab that drink? Guy going up an escalator. Oh, yep. And then there's another. Oh, and the twin says the same thing. Hey, how are you, man? Good to see you guys. And the guy's like, wait, what? <laughs> what is that red light above the new building that they're building? So here's a guy sitting in, I don't know, dining room. It looks like he's on a second floor apartment or something. He's it. looking out the window. Is there like a helicopter in the distance or something? No, let me turn the light off. I don't, I think it's too bright. I don't see <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Someone just jumped on the window, so a nice little jump scare there. That's hilarious. <laughs> Man, so how does this guy go around and find all this stuff? I don't know. This dog is trying to learn how ice works. <laughs> <laughs> poor dog, okay. he like does so this a giant dog... jump and then like slips. He does this giant leap and like rolled over. He's now trying to dig in the ice. That's great. This cat seems to have adapted this monkey. There's a, Whoa, the... there's a monkey hanging on the bottom of this cat, almost like he's in a symbiotic relationship. Wow, that's crazy. The cat does like is like just leave me alone. <laughs> About a month ago, an observatory discovered a strange spiral moving across the night sky. Looks like a galaxy. Yeah, wh wow. An investigation from astronomers found that this is gas from a rocket that launched earlier in the day. Interesting. It doesn't look like a galaxy. It, just, it was just floating around. Uh-huh. So there we got a swim meets. Oh. <laughs> There's a poor guy who's like getting ready to, to, okay. to dive, and then rather than dive, he like kind of flips over the diving board into See, I've been to enough swim meets. Like, you get ready to go, and he, he just... He went way too far. He just flipped straight overhead first. That was great. <laughs> Listen to how these kids in this African tribe pronounce their names. And what's your name, my man? And what about you? And what's your name? That's, a, that's fascinating. I mean, what I like about this is... It's just all over the place. But it is. It's all, but it's all interesting. Like, some of it's funny, but some of it's, it's all interesting. Like, little odd corners of the world. Like, this, yeah, there's a, there's a place where does he, is, does he do this every day? language. Not every day. He does it, like, two or three times a week. Okay, interesting. Huh. So here's a guy. He's eating um, hard-boiled eggs in his classroom, and all the girls nearby him have their nose closed. <laughs> <laughs> These kids aren't afraid of bees anymore because their mom is a beekeeper. Are you guys used to being in a swarm of bees? Not really, but I... Yeah, you don't even well, seem to be phased by it. No. I've been here so much... Yeah, she's got, this mom's got a whole bunch of bees. I guess she's a beekeeper. She's got a bunch of bees in the backs wow. of their truck. And the kids are like, yeah, whatever. And they're just, yeah, they're just like, hey, whatever. There's like a million bees here. My mom's so boring. <laughs> this is called bobbin lacing, and it's a traditional way of making lace. Oh, so there's all these pins and all these... Wooden, you know, almost dowels. Things that strings. The, the, the strings are wrapped around. And some old lady looks like she's just kind of fiddling with them, but I'm sure she's like very purposely like arranging them. Yeah, somehow. but it looks like, she, yeah, that's, you know what? And it's true, just showing all those unique parts about the world. See, if the internet should do anything, it should make us see the world as bigger than it is, not smaller. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I found a really cool artist that thought of a really smart method. Okay, okay. So this is a picture of a boy holding a, a slingshot ready to shoot it in, in, a, in a frame with a glass. And then this guy puts a nail, just breaks the glass. So it looks like that the, the guy shooting the slingshot broke the paint of the yeah. picture. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. And here's a similar one with a guy with a baseball bat that's kind of in mid-swing. I think he's going to put the nail Okay, yeah, right on the tip of the bat. So it looks like he's breaking the frame with a cool idea. That is the end of this video. I really hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you guys again very, very soon. Later. Ends with some uh, taekwondo. Some, uh, someone doing some martial arts, martial arts kicks and jumps and stuff. So fun stuff. So yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat little channel. So the daily dose of the internet. Yes. So see, that, when you first said daily dose of internet, I was worried it did not sound as entertaining as it actually was. <laughs> no, he he does a good job curating stuff. And is it generally clean? Uh, I think so. Uh, I mean. You'll wind up finding enjoying some episodes more than yeah. others. Like every now and then you have like so look, here's this I remember this one where the police didn't find the joke funny. There's really just a guy being a smart aleck to a police officer oh. and it's like, eh, it's, it's yeah, that's whatever. Not, that's yeah. not that interesting. 
yeah, you'll get some varies, but and he gets all these from different things, and I guess he'll ask permission from the channel to okay. to, to feature their video somewhere. But every now you'll probably see something somewhere like this one: the car crash interrupts podcast. I I think I saw this elsewhere. I think I saw it linked somewhere. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it, but these guys were just finishing up filming their podcast, but were rudely interrupted. How so quiet in here? How did I? Yeah, you see the yeah, car. Yeah, the car just comes slamming into the window there, right behind him. The amazing thing is that nobody was hurt. I think we're fine. I think we got all the audio on there. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I'll let people explore that on their own, because uh, I know videos, is not super satisfying to listen to us watch videos on here, but it gives you a flavor for it. It gives you a flavor for it, and I felt like that's like a good representation of what we have tried to do with it came from the interwebs, at least in the past. Yeah, find something interesting, unique, different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, fun stuff about, uh, I mean, it's back when YouTube was a lot of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yep. But, or like the, you ever seen the bear video about the bears eating this kayak and like this girl's just like, go away, bear, go away. For like, for like five minutes, just yelling at this bear to go away. It was actually pretty great. I don't think I've seen that one. But that's good. <laughs> I guess uh, more on topic for this episode and about uh, re- selective repetition, yes. you know, I feel like the whole thing with memes, at least the way the term first came around on the internet was something that got passed around and it got added things that added to. Yes. Now times people just use the term meme for like any kind of picture with like text on text, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's become a different meaning. Yeah. Meaning. Kind of different meaning. But <laughs> the whack when things were really going viral and that really meant something. Yeah. yeah. It's because something was funny and people will come up with a lot of different variations of things yes. to do with that. So I think kind of looking back on that, it'd be fun to do a little meme quiz. Ooh, a meme quiz. All right. And see how well you uh, recognize this thing. So right. so this first one, this is from, I found a quiz from Bino.com. Oh, right. Bino. Bino is the greatest. I never heard of it. I don't know. <laughs> but we got a picture of a dog here. I think I've seen this dog before. He's a yellow dog. He's kind looking, of looking at the camera sideways. Very kind of surprised or something. So who is this very handsome dog? Is it Doggy Dog with two G? Doggo or Doge? Is this is this the is this? I think this is Doge from Dogecoin, right? No, oh, let's see. Uh, oh, it will tell me at the end. It will tell you at the end, I guess. Oh, so. oh it, okay. So this is a very famous one. Yeah, we got the that woman shouting in one picture, screaming. Yep. And then the question is, what is this woman shouting at? There should be a second picture. Okay. She's shouting at a waiter, John Cena, SpongeBob, or a cat. I always see the cat. Yeah, I think when I see if that's I don't know if this is the original, but I always see the cat. Okay, I think you're right, but we'll see in a minute. Okay, I have not seen this one. So here, here we've got a wrestler who's do, going Super Saiyan. Who is this? Is this The Rock, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, or Bumblebee Man? I think that's I think that's John Cena. It's kind of hard with all the flames coming out of his head. Okay. Oh, it's this guy. <laughs> I read a story about this guy. So you've got a, a white-haired guy with a beard and a coffee cup and a laptop, and he's looking at the camera with kind of an awkward smile. Awkward smile. Yeah, I I read a I, probably from my pocket app read an article about this guy about how his picture became so famous. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it says complete this guy's name. Hide the pain. Blank. Is it hide the pain Hugo, hide the pain Joe, hide the pain Bernard, or hide the pain Harold? Oh, mm, mm, Bernard. Let's try Bernard. Okay. Okay. What's up with this cat? So we've got a cat here with a kind of a frowny face. Yep. Is it grumpy, it's moody, it's worried, or it's angry? Oh, that's grumpy cat. That Come is, on. yeah. Made, I, I do you know they've made, they've made entire comic books about grumpy cat? Yeah. I read them, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. believe it. Okay, so here we've got a picture of Fry from Futurama with his eyes narrowed. What caption does this meme normally have? Is it not sure if, can't tell if, it's probably, or it might not be? Oh, mm, see, this is going to show my lack of memeness, but (laughs) um, read read me the first two again now. Not if, or can't tell if. I'm going to say can't can't tell if. I think I may be wrong with that one. Okay. Oh, it's the SpongeBob duck. Yeah, walk. He's, thing. he's making a weird face. So captions for this meme are normally written with the letters like this, with like a weird mix of uppercase and lowercase yes. letters. True or false? Uh, I'm gonna say true. I've seen this meme, but see, okay. I, I need my eighth graders come help me because they would know all this. I have I have one <laughs> one student who's like he he knows all the memes. Uh huh. There's but, there's a whole culture for this. Yeah, and this I stuff. I yeah. I see him, but I don't know the culture. Okay, finally, we've got uh, a series of pictures of brains. 
And the question is, which of these galaxy brains come first? <laughs> so there's one where there's like light beams coming out of the brain. There's one where the brain only takes a, a portion Small, yep. of the head. There's one where there's just like light lights lighting going up off. inside it. And then there's one where... Actually, I don't even see the brain. I just see some celestial figure yeah. in the controlling galaxies. It seems like I have seen... Do we have the meme with the lady doing all the math? <laughs> that that one's a pretty common meme. Uh, yeah. Give me the one the, the, with like the Homer brain. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I think these go in or, yeah, the, yeah, I think it's that one and then the light up and then the coming off the brain. And then, I think you're probably right. Okay, so... Well, six you, out of eight. Much score. All right. So which ones am I wrong then? Let's go... Let's, yeah, let's see. You got six out of eight. So the dog is... I think, okay, that's correct. And if it, it is, is a cat. cat. The that, cat's wonderful. The, that the woman is screaming at. Is John Cena. Is the pro wrestler, so good job. Uh, you misnamed the, the... Oh, Harold's my second choice. The white-haired guy. His name is Hide the Pain Harold, not Bernard. I guess Hyde and Harold will make sense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That is indeed Grumpy Cats. Yep. Oh, you got the the fry. Oh, that's wrong. okay. That's one I thought about. The, the one where his eyes are narrow, that's the not sure if... And it's usually like... Like, not sure if this is if it's serious or a joke or yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, I think you got the rest of them right. So, yes, SpongeBob nice. usually comes with weird uppercase, lowercase letters, and then the small brain is the first one. And then it grows. okay, so, so, so I, I keep there. my internet cer certification then certification. I, I guess so. I All guess right. so. I feel like maybe I should give this a try now. Yes, let's see how you since do I this. since I put you up against and I'll look up for here's a BuzzFeed one. Okay, okay, so here we got is asking me who is this? There's a picture of a guy. It looks like a very awkward old school photo with a nice, nice sweater thing, sleeveless sweater, yeah, braces. Yeah. Is this good guy Greg? Is it Armageddon? Is it Bad Luck Brian or Star Wars Kid? I th I'm going to go with Good Guy Greg. That is oh not, no, oh, I did not. Get I that knew right. it wasn't Star Wars Kid. Star Wars Kid is great. Okay, all right. What's next here? Um, this means background is usually blue and oh, I don't recognize this at all. It's a penguin with lots of question marks. Yeah, the top part is gray and the bottom part is blue but it's usually blue and something else blue and orange blue and red blue and green or blue and yellow i don't know i'll go with red because i don't know why not oh you're right oh, i got it yay okay oh we got grumpy cat here you again. can't do a meme thing without grumpy cat apparently what so the meme is i had fun once it was awful it was awful <laughs> all right and this meme kermit is drinking. oh yeah i know this one is a from uh, a lipton tea ad and uh, they use that one all the time, yeah. And the phrase is, but that's none of my business. As Kermit's drinking, <laughs> I wonder what Lipton thinks about that. <laughs> um, okay, oh, uh, so here we got a picture of Woody and Buzz. Where in the movie he's saying, talking about going to eat schmoes, and Woody's like, it's s'mores, Buzz. But in the memes case, it's usually this memes caption typically ends with the word forever, everywhere, nobody, or beyond. I know this one. Um, I think it's everywhere. I think it's everywhere, yep. Yep, yep. So in this case, Cheeto dust. Cheeto dust everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here we've got a picture of a wild-eyed looking girl <laughs> looking into the camera. And it says, this meme started out as a YouTube video, a snap, a Skype call, or a Tumblr post. I'm I do not know. I believe this one started off as a YouTube video. Oh, yeah. nice. Yes. She says, how do you like your eggs? I like mine fertilized. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I think she had a name. I think it's like overly obsessed girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> I think is I think it's what poor people called. get stuck with the like their face is just everywhere. Well, she made she made a she was a YouTuber for a while that she made a whole thing out of. Oh, okay, it. okay. But eventually she got done with it. <laughs> um oh we got the brain the, meme again. We got the brains. Which one goes last this time? I this was a little different. This one doesn't have the galaxy one. But I think we'll say the light rays. Yes, nice. that's correct. Okay. Whom, so, who is the small brain? Whom is the, the brain lighting up? Whomst is like a, even more light up. And then whomst has like light rays coming out. I don't think whomst is an actual word. Whomst, there it is. <laughs> is that what they're going with? I have no idea. <laughs> it just what it made me think of. Oh, man. Okay. So we've got a cartoon fist and the the quiz question is this fist belongs to okay so this cartoon fist it's uh oh, i know this one brown it's a brown fist with a yellow sweater and jeans this belongs to arthur arthur yep uh he's an example when you get home and somebody ate the food you thought you hid in the back of the oh, fridge arthur is used for all kinds of him and 
Peppa Pig, at least in the circles I run through, weird, weird memes. Huh. Okay. Like, there was one that little scene that somebody uh, students used one time. It was from him saying something like, an orphan will be if you don't get moving or something like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we got a picture from an anime of the guy like raising a hand out to a butterfly. It says, finish the meme. Is this... Alive? A pigeon? An insect? Stupid? Um, I think it, I think I'm gonna say an insect. Oh no! Is this a pigeon? <laughs> it's no, it's a butterfly. Wait, what? The way I've usually seen this done, well, I, I don't know. I think it's some sort of like to express naivete about something. Okay. They, they replace the butterfly with something else. All right, which Futurama character is not a meme? Oh, interesting. Another Futurama thing. We got Malfunctioning Eddie, Zoidberg, Fry, and Professor Farnsworth. Um, I'm going to go with Malfunctioning Eddie here, because I know Fry we just talked yeah. about. Yeah, Zoidberg. Zoidberg. I haven't seen this as much, but I feel like I haven't seen something. This picture of Professor Farnsworth, I know I'm, I've heard him say, I don't want to be on this planet anymore. <laughs> so I think it's the robot. I'm correct. So yeah, <laughs> not sure if compliment or sarcasm. That's the Fry with narrowed eyes look again. Okay, what day is it, my dudes, says this uh, weird little frog. Oh, yeah. Is it Friday, Wednesday, Monday, or Sunday? Uh, I don't even understand this question. I don't know. I've never, I've, it is Wednesday, my dudes. Okay, I've never seen this meme. I don't know. Yeah, that's I, weird. Uh, I've not, that's a new one to me. Yeah. Okay, which of the following SpongeBob scenes have not been memed? Okay, I've seen two of these. There's the duck walk before. We've, I've seen SpongeBob sitting with his coffee mug at the table. I think I've seen them puffing his air, breath out of his... So I think it's this one with where his uh, skin has fallen off. He's a skeleton or something. Yes, that is not an actual meme. So, okay, I got 9 out of 12 correct. Not too bad. You also keep your... Uh, PhD in memeology, according whoa, to BuzzFeed. Oh, wow. That is, that's worth a lot of money. Yes, lucky me. All that, that use, useless all the, knowledge I have. That's all the knowledge <laughs> that matters nowadays, Tim. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, we see in play some of these things they they get used in part because other people use it, and so there's like, aha, I'm gonna jump on this band, yeah. bandwagon. But when it's when a meme is done well, it's because people get a kick out of seeing the different variations on it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, because it's like, oh, what, how are you gonna apply this to a new situation? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And sometimes they're really funny. Sometimes you're like, oh, I that, that's great. I think one of the long lasting ones in the last few years was the um, easily distracted boyfriend. Oh yeah, that one's been used a ton. That, that was used great. quite a lot. Yeah, uh-huh. it's so it's so applicable. Yeah, <laughs> one I got a bit tired of. I remember a year or two ago was the one with Anakin and Padme, where they're like, "Oh, they're like you mean this, right? You mean that, right?" <laughs> yeah, yep. On when they're just hanging out, hanging out in, in the field. Yeah, yep. yep. Yeah, sometimes they get run into the ground, but but used well. They they, they are nice. They become buzz. a common, like, yeah, common buzz or a common vernac- vernacular for a while. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That it, thing. That thing. <laughs> so, anyway, I just thought since today was an interwebs episode, so. That was, that was, that was a nice, nice uh, because you can't hardly talk about the interwebs without memes at this point. <laughs> yes. Maybe the next podcast would just do it all in memes. All in meme speak? Yeah. I'm sure you could. You know, every now and then I'll go to, um, uh, knowyourmeme.com. Okay. Have you ever used that? I have not. That's a website where, like, if you're ever curious about the history of a meme, oh. if it's if it's particularly, at least it, once it gets a certain well, level well-known, they'll, like, kind of do a search for where this thing first came from and, came from up here. And, and then you make an NTF of it and those, buy it for a million dollars. They'll show, like, different variations of it. So, so if you're ever curious about where did this weird thing come from, <laughs> check out knowyourmeme.com. It's a very valuable historical resource. <laughs> it's like it's like um, the everyman political cartoon. The what? No, I mean oh. memes are like like the average Joe's political cartoon. They just add words onto a picture, and there you go, you're done. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They're not political necessarily. But. Yeah, I guess it, the unique thing is that when you can come up with a new situation for something that's been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think my brain thinks in those in that way. I, not mine does not as well. No. But I don't use the like some people can like comment in memes. Mm. You know, they're just like like they have a hundred of their fingertips. And yeah, they just, just like just beam. Yeah, and I I am not. No, I don't know if I've ever responded with a meme. <laughs> I have. Well, I mean, I know on iPhones they have a. Um, there's something where you can search for a GIF. 
yeah, of yeah, some yeah. sort. And it's, every now and then I'll be like, okay, what's a good reaction to yeah. what some ridiculous thing my sibling or my brother-in-law just said? Yeah, I just, yeah, I've just never used it. I'm, I think they're fun, but I just had never done it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I'm a little bit more visually inclined than you that are. That is also true. Yeah, I'm like, I'll just write a story about that. No. <laughs> well, with that, uh, we will... Um, Bow out? Yeah, do we want to stay here or not? I'm not actually sure. I don't know. What What do you... I don't know. I mean, it seems, like I said, it's a little quiet around here. Those Wait, where those two mice go? I don't know. I don't know. They'll, they'll, they'll do something. I, I feel like I'm hearing hearing some soldering going on in the other room over there. Huh, interesting. So maybe the, there is someone. We'll see, Maybe we'll see if they're making some cool new invention we well, can try out. Yeah, and I guess we'll have to figure out what we want to do tomorrow. Mm, that's a good point. Maybe the same thing as always. Same thing as always. Try to make this podcast a reality. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, before we bow out here, though, I picked something kind of different. I guess that's not good for selective repetition, but my brain went to traditional puzzle games because the way a good puzzle game works is that they set up kind of your formula and they just keep kind of tweaking it a little bit at a time. So you have the same, it's usually a pretty basic thing and they just keep tweaking it a little bit like you got to get out of the room and you can only you have to bounce off the walls and then suddenly you bounce off the walls, but there's spikes and then bounce off the walls, but there's spikes and teleports and uh, okay, um, sure. that sort of thing. And so I was kind of looking for that sort of thing and you know i'm gonna interrupt you real quick because i gotta mention so i I saw this video the other day about there's this game on the nintendo eShop. yeah where you stick your joy con in a roll of toilet paper okay and (laughs) and then you set it on like a a flat car piece of cardboard or something and the game is in that on on screen is that there's a guy who's out of toilet paper and you have to roll your controller up and down, like kind of on these hills. Yeah. Like, I guess there's these shelves right next to his toilet. Okay. And you have to roll, like, literally roll your toilet paper along the cardboard in just the right way to, like, roll the controller so that the the on-screen toilet paper will roll down the shelf and avoid spikes and That's... and death traps and all kinds of stuff. Some sort of genius. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's you, you were talking about puzzles and adding, yep. adding new things. Each stage, they yep. added some new elements to try to some obstacle or something to avoid. Yeah, and really good uh, the sort of traditional. I'm not talking like puzzle games like Mist, just that like it's just like a screen. You got to get someone out or in or connect the dots. Or, yeah, they usually, the good ones ramp up just a little bit at a time, like I guess spikes in toilet paper. Uh-huh, yeah. But I remembered then that way back in the day, Overclock Remix released a free soundtrack for this puzzle game called Return All Robots. And it was remixed a lot of the original music by Zircon, and they also had remixes on it on the soundtrack. But anyways, very good soundtrack. Um, so I just thought today we'd play the main theme of Return All Robots, which is pretty groovy. And I don't know, that was my choice. So there we go, by Zircon. It's not a remix, it's an original. Cool. Theme for this this original video game, which I believe you can download for free nowadays, because it's been a number of years since they came out with it. Nice. So... Sounds unique. Yes. Also, Nick, before we bow out, I do think we should mention that one of our podcasts, oh, The Weekly right. Hijack, is back up it and is. running. It is. The Weekly Hijack is up and running again. We've taken over the train and we're rolling down the tracks. Yes. After a, a year-long hiatus, we are returning with a new show. Um, An old show. Well, yes. A new <laughs> show for The Weekly Hijack. Yes. One that uh, we have not seen. At least I have not seen this show at all. And I've seen like two episodes, two or three episodes, maybe. Yeah. Years ago. But The Prisoner, the classic British TV show, The Prisoner, kind of a science fiction uh, mystery, dystopia. I don't know. I don't don't know. Yeah. We don't know. It's hard to describe what it is. And we just barely started. So we don't have a lot of understanding of it yet either. Yeah, for sure. This will probably have wound up shadow dropping. We didn't really announce it before. We just started putting it out there. So I think there should be a few episodes out by the time this episode is premiered. So. Go check it out on The Weekly Hijack. And uh, if you have never seen The Prisoner for yourself, it's free on YouTube YouTube and other places. So by all means, watch it alongside us. You watch the episode first and then uh, listen to us talk about it and try to figure out what in the world is going on. And just from our limited experience, like it's going to be an interesting ride, I think. Yeah, I agree. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's new. It's different. And we've been thinking for a long time about watching it. And yeah. so we finally just said, hey, we got a little bit of time. Let's do this thing. Yes. And uh, let's it, finally watch this. <laughs> except for the weekly hijack. Yes. And it's like I said, it's been a long, a long time since we finished Lost and I uh, hope you're ready to try a new TV show with us. I mean, you can find that on, as well as the rest of our podcasts at DerailedTrainsOfThought.com. 
And also just our, all your podcatchers. And if you like our shows, just tell your friends, tell your families, tell your pets. Tell your um, parole officer. Those all sound like very rational things to do. (laughs) Anyways, um, I guess with that, we will uh, be out here. So this has been Nick. And this is Tim. Adios. Bye-bye.